0: Our oral tradition, this is how we were taught as children, was through stories. And the first lesson you learn is to listen.
1: A Swale, and welcome to the fourth episode of The Stalo Signal. As you know, this season, we are being guided by our Siwis, our teachings, and we've been exploring a series of Halkamalem principles established by Nakaketsi, Sonny McKelsey, our very own gifted Stalo historian. But we're going to switch it up a little for this episode and rather than talk about one of the many phrases he identified while recording elders in our language over the years, we are going to talk about our oral tradition and the importance of storytelling in our culture. I'm at Alia, and we have a very special treat for you. So grab a cup of tea or coffee and listen in as Shyshkulwit, Gwen Point, tells a story.
0: Well, to uh, Ian I thank you. My traditional name is Gwen Point, and I'm from Elias and Skowlitz. Right now, I've lived here in Tehuit Nation on Skowlkil First Nation, married for 49 years. We have two types of stories, and the one is Shwokweam. And they're stories of our distant past, our creation stories. And then we have Squalqual, and Squalqual translated means talking and um, true stories. So Squalqual is what we're doing right now talking. And um, our oral tradition, this is how we were taught as children, was through stories. And the first lesson you learn is to listen. And my grandmother said, don't just listen here, listen here and here. And she pointed to her ears and her heart. And she'd say, how are you going to think about what you've seen today if this is going all the time, pointing to her mouth? How are you going to think about what you heard today if this is going all the time? So listening was important. And our elders were the libraries. They carried all the knowledge and the history. And that was passed down through stories. So one of the first stories I heard was of Hepe, Because I asked my grandmother, what did we where did we live? Oh, we had our longhouses houses by the river. Well, what did we use for clothing? Oh, we take the bark from the tree. And you, she talked about how you process the bark to make the clothing. Well, how did we travel? Oh, we'd make, take the wood from the tree, the canoe. Akpe, akpe, the cedar tree. And she said, at one time, that cedar tree was a man. And he was a good man. All his life he gave to the people. He didn't take a wife. He didn't have a family. Rather, he went from village to village helping people. If they needed to mend their canoe, if they needed to collect berries or plants, if they needed to make baskets. He just traveled throughout the villages and nations helping people. And then one day he died and the creator said, where this man is buried, will grow a cedar tree. And from from the bark, you'll have your clothing. From the wood, you'll have your shelters and your canoes. And from the roots, you'll have your baskets. And it's really important to understand that our people have used these resources for thousands of years. And we still use them today. Our canoes we used to travel the rivers. The river was our highway. Today we race them. Our baskets were used for cooking and packing plants, our resources from the mountains. And today we still use them for containers. And the roots that come from those, the root baskets are stronger than the cedar baskets and all had a purpose. And our longhouses, we lived in them. And today we still use our longhouses for our ceremonies and our gatherings, our traditional gatherings. So the cedar tree is one of the most important resources for the Stolo people. For all of uh, Lower British Columbia where our cedar grows and it's the red cedar tree that we use for all our um, baskets and canoes, there's still people that can make all of those. We still have the knowledge to use those resources and it continues to be handed down and shared again, in our oral tradition. So, um,
1: thank you for sharing the, the oral history around that and the story of Hape. Um What do you think is the importance of remembering those stories for today? for the young people to be connected to these practices around cedar? What's the
0: importance for the young people to, to retain this oral history? This, it's who we are as a people. That is who we are. We have an oral tradition, but we're nonverbal. And people have a hard time with that elders would say, be careful what you say, you can't take back words. So you, the, what the pattern that I seen and the pattern that I lived through was hearing the stories and my grandmother telling me how, I said, how do you get cedar bark and make clothing And she would describe it in detail, and I could see the tree, I could see pulling the bark, I could see splitting the bark, she described it so well. And she described the baskets, how you collect the roots, and they were stories, and she was such an amazing storyteller, I could see the trees, I could see the roots, and I could pick the roots in my mind and then soak the roots and split the roots. Then collect all the different plants you needed, this the cherry bark, black cherry, red cherry bark, and the reed and the grasses to decorate the baskets. It was so much in detail. They were stories. They were and I heard them over and over again. And you never, ever, I, I never, ever got tired of hearing my grandmother's stories. In fact, we'd go back to her place and, and say, tell us a story about the cedar tree. Tell us a story about um, the community that where the Sasquatch came. And she would sit there, tell us, retell the stories over and over again. And then when you're older... And thank goodness there were people that knew how to do this yet. They took us out and it was it was surreal to be able to go to a cedar tree. And you realize how important that resource is. And troubling is that it's not there's not many left. And you realize uh, how our people were so, with technology, they talk about technology and they talk about, um, our people knew when to pick cedar, how to pick cedar. She told us, don't you ever take more than a quarter of the bark. If you do, you'll kill that tree. You want that tree to continue living. And the same with the... Uh, uh, that's how big our cedar trees were. Because she said the tree would be so big that they could cut two, three planks from a cedar tree standing and let it continue to grow and they'd take those two, three planks to build a longhouse. That's how big the trees were. And So our oral tradition is so important that that is who we are as First Nation people. And with modern technology and everything, our our elders frown on the, um, the writing it. They still frown on that. And it's more about the non-Native people taking this and exploiting it, they do want our children to learn, but they want them to learn in our traditional way, in our traditional manner, because it's relationships. It's that human interaction and that relationship between the mother and children, grandmother, grandchildren. And my grandmother told me, as I was getting older and I was married, I was so afraid, I was so afraid I was going to lose all of this. And I went to see her and I taped her. And she asked me, why do you want to do this? I said, I want my children to hear your voice. I want my children to hear the stories the way you tell them. And I want them to hear it in the language. Because I asked her to say it in English and in the language. And she said, why? Nobody speaks that. And I said, I want them to hear the language. So it, 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 there's value in that. There's value in that is who we are as a people. We are our traditions. We are the land. We are the cedar tree. We are the salmon. That is who we are. And we have a responsibility to that cedar tree. We have a responsibility to the salmon. And I only wish everybody thought that way.
1: Thank you so much for this story and these thoughts about our oral traditions. If you want to hear Shishkawit tell more stories, there are a few more at digitalscowlets.ca that's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-S-Q-E-W-L-E-T-S.ca. check out the one about Thukwia and Mimu we are so honored to be able to bring these words to our listeners and to hopefully encourage you to seek stories or teachings from the grandmothers aunties, grandfathers or uncles in your own life it is so energizing to sit with people and just listen To be able to ask them questions and get them to share teachings or ideas is so important for all of us. It's like getting and giving a gift at the same time, a truly symbiotic relationship. We are oral people, and as Shyshkowitz said, oral teaching is all about relationships. Don't hesitate to reach out to us at Stalo Signal if you know someone who has stories to share. We can help you record them and include it in our podcast or you could start your very own podcast. We can help with that too. Reach out to us with any thoughts or ideas for this show and please like our social media accounts at the SXTA or email us at outreach at sxta.bc.ca. It's not my idea. This idea comes from the old people. I'm only repeating to you what they've told to, to me and to many other people. That's it for me today. Remember, we believe in Stalo. I'm at Alia. Until next time. Hiya with.